I've just let it record a little bit to listen to the raindrops on the yeah. roof of this I mean. beautiful, beautiful tiny home. So I went to see Packer yesterday, who is busy fabricating um, something for a fire project in Great Yarmouth in a month's time. And now it is mid-September and I'm in Devon and he recommended I come to see a man called Andy who's deep in a wood and I didn't know what to expect but I was told that he was a tree pirate and now I'm sitting in Andy's the most beautiful tiny home I've ever seen and I've seen many now um, but this is phenomenal it's all wooden Andy how long is this tiny home and how wide is it uh, I think it's two meters just it's probably 190 wide because the trailer's two meters and 3.5 meters long so I've got about five centimeters clearance all the way around it when I get it on a trailer which is a bit of a faff but doable oh superb so um you've just bought this wood have you well I'm in the process because uh, the Tree Pirates are a anarchic collaborative bunch of chainsaw carvers. So we're not a business, we just get together uh, when need arises to do big projects together um, and split the wages. Um, so the wood is owned by AD, Captain Chainsaw, and his brother, who his brother has decided he would like to liquidate his side of the asset and the lovely part of it is that he wants to use the money I'm going to give him to finance a film that he has written himself so I get my dream and he gets his dream so hopefully um, I'm in the starting stages of setting up a, a bit of infrastructure so any pirates that come We've got a communal kitchen and a means of getting clean. And yeah, love to share the space. The woods are no good if you're on your own in them. No man is an island, no woman is an island. How did the tree pirate start and what year? Uh, I think we started in around 99, 2000. There is an original tree pirate, Mark Tree Pirate, who is somewhere lost in Wales. Um, helped him make a yurt, and then that was it. He wouldn't come out of the woods for the festival season. So it sort of turned out that I could pitch up at the gate, say I was a tree pirate, and get a little envelope with a few tickets and a vehicle pass and things like that. Uh, when I flaked out and drifted off the scene, AD, Captain Chainsaw, took that up. But he took up the mantle with verve and vigour and chainsaws. Whereas I was a lot more hand tools and chisels and slowly chipping. So, you know, the Captain's vibe was don't waste time, which is pretty good. Power tools do allow you to do a lot of things quite quickly if you know what you're doing. To speed it up you know. So is your work with the Tree Pirates aimed towards doing festivals every year or is it more than that? Yeah, no it's not it's not festival based. Um, how do I put that politely? Uh, I've been doing it that sort of festival thing 
since I was about 17, 16, 17, and I'm 50 something four now or something like that. So the appeal of it is wearing a bit thin. We tend to work for a very limited budget. So like we did a big carving in the common at Glastonbury, Coatlicue, which is um, five ton cedar of Lebanon carving. The budget was 500 quid and that paid the truck driver to bring the bit of wood to site. So all of the carving we didn't get paid for. It's actually still ours, but it cost 500 quid to get it off site. So it's still at Glastonbury Festival. Um, I think the, th the, the ethic of the tree pyre is to do the best for the woods. You know, we like making monumental things. Uh, very into mythical creatures and figures. Um, prefer not to do like mushrooms. T too many owls. It's all a bit. It's all a bit. You know, there's plenty of other people that can do that. We're more into making like you know giant winged horses. Or you know, we did that. We made a pub that went up every year at Glastonbury as a frontage for a beer tent. Um, that's, that did ten years sort of come to the end of its natural things always need changing so um, yeah in that book that I was showing you we've got like 25 tonne uh, redwood wyvern which is the Somerset dragon often badly identified because the wyvern if you look on all of the um, Somerset County Council vans they give it arms and legs and wings whereas a wyvern had arms in the wings. Anyway, it's just like little technicalities like that. Get a bit um, lost in translation sometimes. Well, the book that you mentioned is called Never Mind the Bill Hooks, Here's the Tree Pirates, Tales from the Sawdust Tides. Tides. Indeed, and I, it hasn't got an ISBN number because part of the deal would have been that uh, Jeff Bezos and eBay, uh, Amazon, would have taken a fiver and I don't use those guys and I think they've got enough money and I discourage people from financing their opulent extravagant lifestyles so DIY do it yourself much better just to sort of word of mouth that's the, our tribe work on word of mouth the best things aren't reported and written down they're always sort of half heard and sort of spoken told you know that's why you're so successful I would imagine is because you meet someone who then tells you to go and meet another human and like you know that's the network of humans that we just gotta we gotta keep expanding I mean my belief is that we are waiting until there is more conscious humans on the planet than unconscious humans and then you know, that's why we're having kids and multiplying the tribe. Because then the earth will be safer. That's my feelings. Um, no man's an island. You can't run away from it all. But equally, you've got to be very careful about where you put your attention. Because it can just be robbed from you. Like charmed away from you. All of this Netflix and all this sort of 
virtuality. That's why it's quite nice being in the woods. I can get a mobile phone signal, but I can't get it from where my cabin is, and that's why I placed my cabin here. You know, I could have put my cabin out on the field over there and got a wicked signal, but I don't want that. I'd prefer to live like the real life, and if I need to communicate, I'll make an effort. <laughs> I think every, all of that stuff's got too easy. Life's been people have been pushed into a way of living that is not enjoyable sustainable or healthy and you know that's why loads of people are just trying to find a way out um, unfortunately a lot of people they're just trapped in that urban environment where there is no there's no place to go where it's free you have to justify your worth. So it's like, you know, it's just like the Mad Max places it's going, isn't it? It's like Barter Town. You go to Barter Town and then you're basically a prisoner to get your prison cell and food. And then by the time your life has passed by and you realise what you've done, it's too bloody late. <laughs> you know, I think that's why a lot of people are... Um, trying to think outside the box but it's a very difficult one to to unplug from all of that reality you know especially now at this particular moment in time with all of the monumental things that are going on um, none of that is my choosing I haven't I haven't chosen any of those um, major things in my life but it's something that's uh, it's an obstacle to flow around, you know, Bruce Lee, be like water. Yeah. How many tree pirates were there originally? Um, it's a variable crew. I mean, at one festival, at Glastonbury Festival one year, we were working in four areas and we had 38 crew tickets. Um, Obviously, they were just tickets, and you know, and not everyone got paid, and all of those sort of things. And that's why I'm sort of saying the festivals are great, but they've turned into a commercial enterprise, and they still want like the favours for mates that used to happen in the f the free festival times. Uh, some people can do that. I've just got to the point in my evolution. And also, like, I'm, I've been at a few like Boomtown, and I stand there, and I'm literally I'm old enough to be most people's dad, and it just makes me wonder what am I doing there? You know, my sense of um, place and purpose has changed with life, as it does. You know, I'd much prefer to be in a horrible inner city urban environment, in the park, making a cool sculpture that people will vibe on and it'll be a little community focus area um, than go into a field and you know make fake things that are going to last a week you know a lot, a lot of the public art that I think that's really what we've got to do I mean we talked about this before we had a little chat with a film company and we were saying we we want funding to go to the shittest parts of England and then consult the community and see what they want. Do they want like a, 
a barbecue shed outside where ten people can sit and hang out and eat and maybe have a fire and drink because if they're not doing it there they're doing it down the back of the shops or in the park anyway you know it'd be much it'd be much better to try and create nicer environments because when you do it's like a lot of the time when we do public art in towns and cities people are always coming up going yeah but what about the vandals but actually the vandals think it's really cool you know what i mean it's like what are vandals you know it's just like it's the disorientated youth thinking everything's fucking shit because it mostly is <laughs> you know what i mean their surroundings are so negative and horrible that um that's what it creates you know we've had a few times where we worked in inner city parks and stuff i mean i've had my i've had my truck robbed i've had a, one of the lads that was working with us seemed totally cool and everything but obviously he's a little snidey gear and um chose his moment dipped in nicked a load of stuff but that wouldn't make me lock my doors or not go and do that again that's just like you know obviously he needed it more than me it was really sad because he actually stole a flint arrowhead that i found on dartmoor and no one else apart from the guy that made it has ever touched and that's like how can you you can't replace that that's not material possession that's like a power tool isn't it that's like um maybe in a karmic way maybe i did that to him or something but like to, to, to steal someone's weapons <laughs> it's weird you don't really get that anymore because you know luckily we don't live in a world where we need weapons but you know i suppose he was putting a value on that because it was so unusual and so rare i think because i kept it and he he saw that i kept it in a special place and i was guarded with it uh yeah he just saw the glimmer i don't think you'd get much if you tried to fence that though <laughs> what a flint arrow it mate. <laughs> you might get like a very small amount of powder or a something for it but i don't know well before i came here i i hadn't heard of you at all and i'm um really excited to hear about the tree pirates how many of there are you of, of there are of you um and what you've done it's great so it's, it's for the better good of everybody it's helping people it's yeah man. it's uh, amusing people entertaining and it's functional it works for different things there are statues that you've made but also as you said barbecue sheds all sorts of things you know I mean that's that's one of the nice things is you know we get to go places and most of the time when people come around the corner and see our either our stall or what we're doing they smile and there ain't many things in the world where you can bring smiles to people um, it's quite important quite important because otherwise if we don't do that for each other no one's gonna do it for us are they you know so we are sort of all obligated to make make that little olive branch of human contact especially us alternative types because you know there's a glimmer in the eye that you can see so even if it's just like a nod in the queue it's like tribal respect isn't it it's really important there was this thing on um the old radio bore one day and someone was saying there's a really important vitamin vitamin t the tribal vitamin 
the vitamin that you make when as you're walking down the shops someone goes ah morning how you doing mate that is a sense of place and purpose and being and community um i'm really quite lucky in in the little village here uh there's a cracking pub and there's an amazing community so within if you're here within about two weeks most people will know who you are and what you're doing which some people would hate that but that just means they've all checked me out they know i'm a nice person all good safe they will help me i can help them you know that's the way we've got to move forward i think the only way is up well please can you talk a little bit about happiness and because i mean what you've said already amounts to happiness yeah yeah i think you know it's a it's a personal thing isn't it um to be happy it's, it's like the um it's like the recipe from your grandma you know someone can give you that recipe but if you can't make it with those ingredients you gotta just swap out a few things find what is the right thing I mean we started off this conversation you were just recording the rain I think one of my happy moments would be laying in my bed in my little cabin that I made to replace the shit caravan I was living in and the rain on the Velux window above me waking me up and then just that moment of like ah oh, I'm totally dry <laughs> this is awesome <laughs> that's one of my happy moments you know there's many things that give me that happy I'm quite lucky you know there's there's plenty of things in life that take the happy away but they're just they're constants aren't they you can't do anything about them all you can do is make your happy bits just to sort of blur the edges of all of that hard shit because you know life's full of hard bitter edges um, some people just chew them and get hard and bitter but uh, I'd like to Bruce Lee them and just sand the edges off a little bit flow around them you can't you can't stop the obstacle but you can change your relationship to it um, yeah happiness you got to just find it in the moments every day because basically we, we, we're very susceptible to being programmed into negativity um, and the mass media and societal pressures that surround us they're all sort of aimed at sniping and nibbling away and that hmm. that's a very British thing I think people sort of resent you for being happy and doing well most people are like bitching because someone's doing well a lot of countries they would celebrate your success whereas in England it's a divide and rule situation isn't it we're all being so fond and <coughs> um work housed that anyone with like oh he's got three coins i've only got two it's, you know but the, the office is full of them no one's bitching about that you know what i mean <laughs> oh you can't change reality you can't change city hall well you can't but you can defund it 
So I thoroughly, I thoroughly disapprove of uh, paying all of this, you know, paying for all this stuff. Try, you know, there was a point where we lived as free human individuals. Um, it's an insidious creep, but somehow most people now, especially with all these energy bills rises and all of that, most people are just literally working to give money away to be in penury, like living worse than they were, but paying more money for it. Um, in France, if you buy a property for a price, and within 10 years, doesn't matter if you've done it up, done anything to the house at all, if you sell that house within 10 years and make a profit, you must, by law, give 50% of that profit to the last owner of the house. So that is a law, that's a socialist communist law, isn't it? That's a law that eliminates property speculation. People buying houses to make money so that they can have a lifestyle by using other people's fundamental human needs. It's a human right to have shelter. Um, yeah, I think we went we went slightly wrong after the war. We were led by a lot of um, maybe well-meaning individuals, you know. The whole thing about the National Health Service is an admirable quality. It's really important. It's just, you know, that's... I would like to think that that is like a British and Christian value that is actually real, you know. It doesn't matter who you are, how much money you've got, if you're ill, we will all sort you out because we are a community. But you know, talk about communism. We've been programmed by all of that media stuff to think that communism is a bad thing. Russia's not communism. Commune just means community. So like, if, if we had a commune center down the road from the shops, most people would be picketing it saying we hate Russians whereas actually we've got a community center it's the same thing it's just the same it's just a it's a demonization of the word isn't it community means people living together sharing things and helping not oh I can help you if you give me that you know that's um partial isn't it it should be impartial all of that um, I don't think I'd like to live in a commune but I'd like to live in a community, you know. I think the cliché of it is, yeah, I wouldn't want to live in a commune if it was a cliché. I think sometimes what it is, is the limited amount of space that people have to actually be in creates conflicts because, like in a house commune situation, You've only got a few rooms. Whereas, like, you know, if you're in the woods, you've got a bit more space, and you can have your own space, and you can have a com communal area where you all get together. And if you don't want to get together and be communal, you don't go there. I think, you know, that would be a very human thing, but town planners 
they're sort of dividing it up with different um, viewpoints. They're sort of looking at it on a profit margin, which again, going back to that thing about if you sell it, half the profits go to the last owner. Um, wouldn't really work in a housing development, would it now? Because you probably don't, you might own the house, but you probably don't own the land that it's on. <laughs> so there'd probably be some sort of charge or, you know, I don't know. How can we tax the birds? That's what we want to know next. We could tax seagulls for all those chips that they've nicked. <laughs> we'd be, we'd be on to a winner, wouldn't we? Is there, <clears throat> so when I ask you about happiness, do you, because some people in the past I've interviewed, they don't interpret happiness as that, they, they might talk about enjoyment or contentment, um, joy, but I mean, so do you believe in happiness and do you have a constant happiness or have there been times in your life when you've been really happy? Are you happy now? What makes you happiest? Mm. Well, you know, like all of those happiness things, like I said, there's always there's always like levels you know life isn't perfect um yeah i'm i you see when you talked about happiness i try and think about like a general overall happiness of being you know the 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 small moments of like when the sun bursts through and hits you like that yeah we all have those walls and we also have those big dark clouds that whap across our, our joy um, yeah I mean uh, yeah life life gives you color and it's obviously yeah it's the challenge thing um, a big part of my uh, I wouldn't say sadness because that's the thing it's like the Bruce Lee flow like water is just an acceptance but um, I've got a 12 year old boy but he doesn't live in England anymore so that's sort of a large part of my day to day joy um, was removed when his mum went to court and left the country and all of that so I could dwell on that or I could just try and flow around it because it's a immovable object I've had lots of friends that have had this same sort of thing and then they've either totally fucked themselves up damaged themselves with drinking drugs and then when they've got to the point where their child has become an adult and can meet them, they're actually not a fit functioning human being anymore. They've they've drunk or drugged themselves into a point of conundrum where they're just like in a, a revolving spiral of self-abuse to try and kill the emotions that, you know, are hard to deal with but that's that's where you've got to sort of try and go and find something more immediate to focus on 
and try something that you can actually do something about um, or you know maybe you can't do anything about it just if you find the joy in watching like buzzards and crows mobbing each other or whatever brings you joy you just got to go and try and find it and bring it out of you and sit with it to fill those little reservoirs so that in the shit times you've got a few little buckles of um joy to bring out recently we um i i was quite lucky i was the captain i'm normally the first mate but i was the captain of the crew because the captain is in new zealand um and we did a the whole speed carving show four time twice a day two days at the show um and we were sort of performing to like i don't know one two thousand three thousand people something like that um there's little moments there where yeah i recorded that in my little memory and that will stay with me for a long time just looking up seeing all those people with their amazement um and all my mates cracking out incredible sculptures in fact there's one just in front of the cabin up there um yeah happiness it's a very personal thing isn't it you know happiness and joy and all sorts of things i mean words are very difficult to nail down is it important for i'm sorry no that's fine is it important for people to have a purpose in life to find happiness because some people are lost i think they they, yeah. they feel hopeless yeah yeah well isn't our purpose to be humans and humans together meet other humans inspire each other and create things that you couldn't even imagine that's why it's so amazing being part of a collaborative carving group is because i can throw an idea in someone else can add to that idea and then an idea that was not my idea or the other idea creates itself and then it grows from that and I think, you know, if you're lost and feeling a little bit isolated and all of that, you just got to make a bit of human contact. Find some proper humans near you. You know, even if it's just a smile, that's how all things start. Um, I think the lack of purpose, that's because we've been dispossessed of the land skills. We don't know where we fit in the planet and the, the life cycle. You know, a lot of people are thinking that that's like by a, a commercial choice uh, that you can change your being and lifestyle through commercial choices. It's like an idea that's being sold, isn't it? It's like, oh, if you buy an electric car, then you're part of the solution. You know, it's not quite as simple as that, is it? Um... The isolated thing, it's really difficult. I mean, we do need little lights shining everywhere, but, you know, I come from the armpit of Gatwick Airport, a horrible little town that's just beside it, and I've just been back there recently, and if I lived there, I would shrivel into a husk. I couldn't support my reality there, so I had to choose to move away and 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 the choosing to move away 
is just the first step because you don't know where life leads you. We're sort of chatting in these words, but you know, in a minute I might be out in Brittany or you know, you might be out in the States or Canada or wherever it is. It's just you've got to go with your flows. Think about the joy because that's the really important part. If it's just a day-to-day get-up mundanity, you're sort of living dead, aren't you, really? You might as well just go and scan barcodes or be the person that is the one human by all the robot tills, you know? I mean, if that's what you've got to do, my heart goes out to you. Um, but all of these things, you know... It can all just change. You can you can just change it overnight. It is really about like personal power, and especially in these dark times, they're trying to take away our power. They're trying to diminish it and trying to sort of gaslight us into thinking that we are powerless. But actually, we are the power. Um, Non-conformity—that's the way forward. Just don't do don't do what you're told. Do what you feel is right. You know, as long as it's not, as long as it's not causing harm to others, then, you know, I was very lucky. That's what my dad said. My dad was very, um, he was like a proper bloke, didn't show his emotions, but he did, you know, after he got ill and everything, we had a moment and he said to me, I don't care what you do, as long as you're happy and you're not hurting anyone. So... You know, I've, I feel totally blessed because I've got friends who, if their father said that, that would solve all their problems. But, you know, if your father can't say that, fucking say it to yourself. I'll say it to you, you know. All we got to do is do the right thing for our hearts and then happiness will follow. And happiness can come with tears because sometimes tears aren't sad they're a release of of excess it just shows it's like we are water your waters have been moved that's fine you know i don't mind like now i've got a little tear in my eye because we're talking about deep things i don't mind doing that i'm not i'm not um it doesn't bother me if people sort of go fucking bloke and he's crying um, I'm not sobbing. It's not. Uh, it's not wrong to have emotions, but in the sort of societal approach, that sort of crosses a boundary that is a little bit hard for most people to deal with. I think a lot of fights down the pub is because people don't understand their own emotions. I think that's a lot of it, you know, misprocessed emotions. Um, and it's a very English sort of English thing. Yeah, I'd say English. I mean, I know the Scots are like, they can get into a fight or two. But I think it's a very British English thing. We say British, don't we? But I, th- I do think it's England, you know, the sort of football, sun reading football fan cliche that that you know we can paint they'll paint us as like long-haired dope smoking hippies um 
it's all just cliches, isn't it? I'm sure if you get into a proper conversation with any of these people um, and dig, find find the little patch where their humanity shows through, um, you can find common ground, and that's all we need, isn't it? In communities, a little bit of common ground. Don't want everyone to be the same, but equally, we don't want everyone to hate each other, not talk to each other. I want to be able to walk down the road, go. All right, morning. You all right? Everything good? Yeah, nice. That's all. Don't need to um, help everyone across the road, but if someone needs a little help, um, as humans, we're sort of obligated to do that, aren't we? Be human. There's not enough humans being human. They're all just being. They've all forgotten their humanity. So wake up, children wake up